Hello and welcome to XM Cinema. I'm your host, Xavier Mustafa, and today we are talking about The Last of Us. We're going to be talking about episode one through five entitled, When You're Lost in the Darkness, Infected, Long, Long Time, Please Hold My, Please Hold to My Hand, and Endure and Survive. But before we get into this episode, I'm going to let my co-host introduce himself. Hello there. It is the sensational Devin August here. And how you doing, my brother? I am doing absolutely fantastic. Um, the Last of Us, I think, is a, it's, it's a fantastic series. What, what has been your thoughts on it so far? Um, I thought it was good. I'm still not sold on the fantastic. But um, right now, I will say it is better than Walking Dead in the zombie aspect. So they got that going for it. But it's, it's a good show. And I'm so willing to you know i want to see what happens so i know we uh talked uh off the air for a moment and you were comparing it to the walking dead uh uh you want to share your thoughts on the, the comparison just i feel like the yeah we'll just call them zombies in both so that they that these ones like this zombie show is like uh, a show about characters in the human race with zombies and stuff like that. Uh, in Walking Dead, I just felt like it was the zombies were uh, placed in there just to have them, you know, like, oh, we need something uh, like, oh, it's time to kill off a character. Let's have someone get attacked by zombies. How about that guy? All right, cool. Uh, like, I don't know. It just felt less uh, organized in Walking Dead. Cause, and, and, yeah, I didn't like the random killing because literally they would build up a character and just kill them off for no no reason. Allowed this show, they build a character, uh, kill them off, and it resonates with our remaining characters and that builds their character and helps them build their arc and you know stuff like that so it propels these characters i did not feel that way for walking dead see i'm gonna i'm gonna agree and disagree with you on on certain parts of that uh <clears throat> the first one is i feel like both of these episodes now i know you say like zombies were kind of an afterthought in the walking dead but a lot of people, I don't say a lot of people don't realize, but I always took it as it's not about the zombies. It is about people. It is about how people react to a post-apocalyptic world. And so, you know, in The Walking Dead, especially the early Walking Dead, I would say, in my opinion, is just as good as The Last of Us, even though I think The Last of Us is still is still better but I can what? compare it to. So which one is better? Well, I can compare it to the first couple of seasons because the first couple of seasons were fantastic of The Walking Dead. You can't deny that. Now, when we talk about the last 20 seasons, no, it ain't had that many seasons. But when we got, I think once we got to, I will probably say maybe the governor's storyline, maybe Terminus. That's when it just started to no, kind of yeah, get light. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I thought maybe at least up until the governor's storyline, uh, I thought it was really, really good. No, After that, it was kind of reaching, and then the whole Negan thing, and that's when, that's really when it went south. Yeah. But just, like, look how they treated the zombies in The Walking Dead, and look how they treat, like, them in, in uh, The Last of Us. And walking there, they're like, man, like, I forget which character, but I'm pretty sure one of them was like, man, I'm just going to go. You just went and started killing zombies just because he was upset. You think somebody would do this in The Last of Us? Just because they're angry? Just going, no, they wouldn't risk it. Well, I mean. It's, the, it's the a real risk. Well, see, the zombies are different, too. You got to compare them differently because these these are fast. These they come running at you. There's different kinds in The Walking Dead. I guess they kind of tried to do different kinds, but they're basically the same slow moving zombies. You know, just one would be on fire, or one would be super super fat because it was in water, 
and then came out of the water. Like they'll do like kind of weird stuff like that, but there were no super infected like you have here in The Last of Us. You know, and, and like, that's so much more entertaining. That makes it more of a threat. You're proving my point, right? So but, continue. But, but what I'm so saying what I'm, is. There's a lot of things you can compare. There's a lot of things that are better in The Last of Us. Overall, I think these stories are more about the humans, though. Exactly. They're so. more about the characters. And they, yeah. Because I feel like they fleshed them out. And there's less characters, too. Yeah, I give that. I mean, in Walking Dead, what? The first group had like eight people, right? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah, so eight to four, yeah, you can definitely understand these four people better. Or just as episodes four, but yeah, sorry. So a couple of notes about this show. Um, so this show is on HBO Max, and uh, the ratings have been quite interesting. Uh, it, it started out hot, and it's just gotten hotter. Um, the premiere episode started with 4.7 million viewers in the United States, on the first night. Uh, then, oh, I say, hold on, let me talk about that. So this is the second largest debut for HBO since 2010 behind House of the Dragons. House of Dragons. Then it would be 2020. Uh, so, you said 2010. Yeah, 2010. So whatever it was in 2010 was behind House of the Dragon. And then now this had taken that place. So that's I think that's why they worded it that way. I'm confused. No, I'm confused. So House of Dragons was number one. House of Dragon is number one. Of- is number one. Oh, it's still number one. House of the Dragon is number two. It is the second largest debut since what? 2000. I'm so confused now. Wait, okay. So what is number one right now? House of Dragons. Okay, so it's still House of Dragons, even though Last of Us came out. Yes, Last of Us is the second largest. So that's why they say second largest since 2010, which I'm assuming 2010 is probably Game of Thrones related to, probably. No. Um, it's, uh, yeah. Uh, you think so? Maybe The Wire? Wasn't The Wire? Uh, see, I think The Wire was before 2010. Uh, oh, yeah, sure. Let me see. Let me look at the little note here, too. Oops. No, but yeah, uh, I can see why everyone likes it, and it's a huge hit because you know everyone loved, loved the video game. And uh, wasn't the video game like one of the top, you know, one of the top earners, whatever? Top, I mean, it made like four of them, I think, five of them. I don't remember, but this video game is very profitable. Uh, so the second place was held by Boardwalk Empire. Uh, 2010. And I have no no idea what the show is. Uh, but the interesting thing about this show is, like I said, it started out with 4.7 million viewers on the first week, or the first day. Uh, and it has continued to climb. It increased to 10 million over two days, 18 million after a week, and 22 million uh, within 12 days. So that basically means 400, 4.7 million people watched this show and they told all their friends and they talked about it on social media and everybody else was like, hey, I got to watch this. Or just some people were just a little late to the party, uh, which is kind of cool. So every episode has done that as well. So the second episode started with 5.7 million viewers, which is already an increase of an entire million people on the first night, increased 22% from the previous week and is the second largest week audience growth for an original HBO drama in the series networks uh, in the network's history. By January 31st, the two episodes averaged 21.3 million viewers. The third episode had 6.4 million viewers on the first night, which was a 12% increase. And the fourth had 7.5 million viewers, a further 17% increase and a 60% increase from the first episode. Uh, it's killing it in the United Kingdom. It's also killing it in Latin America. Um, so 
It's pretty cool. This show is a hit. It already, of course, has been greenlit for a second season already. They announced that, I think, after the second week. Yeah. Uh, which is pretty cool. I mean, duh. So, uh, critical response, for the most part, has been very, very positive. Um, I don't know, kind of the third episode. Uh, there were some some complaints about the third episode, but we'll talk about that once. Yeah, we we know why there was complaints the third episode. It had nothing to do with the show. Homophobia. <laughs> Sorry, uh, something in my throat right there. Right, right, right. Um, so the first episode opened up with a code open. Uh, it was um, a Doctor Newman was on a talk show. Uh, the talk show host, his name was Murray. This was from 1968, and they basically were talking about uh, viruses, and they were talking about how even worse than a virus is bacterial things. And they were talking about, well, everything's good now because, you know, we have our body temperature where our body temperature is. But what if that were to change? Uh, and they talked about how, you know, you can get a, you know, you think about things like mushrooms when people take mushrooms, the drugs, how it affects your, you know, I want to say mental. <laughs> it affects your, you know, mental. Yeah, but that's not that's not the word I want to use. That's a better word than that. But and it can, you know, basically kind of control you a little bit. And they're like, you know, what if something were to do that, you know, at a, at well, a that, worse level? Well, well, they're saying. Well, this is like. This is real. What they're saying, all this is true, can happen in real life. But like the the only thing that uh, would be the problem is that yeah, the fungus is uh, you know our bodies are way too warm for the fungus. But and the guy saying like if global warming made the fungus hotter, so now they're used to hotter weather. So so now they can handle our ninety nine body temp. Then we'd be in real life, too, we'd be we'd be done. Yeah, we're gonna be out of there. Nature doing his business. All right. So um, after that code open, uh, we meet Sarah, who is Joel's daughter. Uh, Joel is the main character. He is played by Game of Thrones alum, Mandalorian alum, Pedro Pascal. Um, uh, he's done a lot more than that, but I know, know but also, those are the main two that we love. So, <laughs> shout out to Narcos too. He was ama- amazing. Narcos, go check it out. Even I, if you don't speak Spanish, honestly, I don't think anything he's been in has been bad. And also, they're like everything that he's in has done extremely well as far as ratings and stuff like that. So they basically say, if you want the show to be good, hire Pedro Pascal. Thanks. Uh, so we meet Sarah, and uh, it's Joel's birthday. So you know, Sarah's like, you know, hey, I'm gonna, you know, bring home a cake, and she gets his watch fixed and stuff like that. And so we see the type of person that he is, and we see the relationship between them two. We also meet Joel's brother. What? Um, um you not gonna mention how she literally stole his money to get his watch fixed? I mean, yeah, but you know, kids ain't got no money, so you know. Just like, just like you know, It'll your parents, just like your parents gave you money to buy them gifts when you were little because you know you don't have a job. So, I mean, yeah, she could ask for it. She did still, but that's the way I look at it. Like, no, not my. Well, well, I was raised by a single parent, so it was it would be weird to do that. I, if, if I was buying gifts from my mom, I'd just go with my grandparents. But yeah. Oh, okay, but you got the money for somewhere because you ain't got no job. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I understand. But yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, we also meet uh, Joel's brother Tommy uh, in this episode, and we already learned that um, Joel is the type of person that's always going to bail his brother out. He's going to have his brother's back. His brother knows that he has his back. And uh, during the show, he gets a call that he had gotten to a fight at a bar with a guy that just went crazy and he um, ended up, you know, going to jail. So he had to go get him from jail. So he goes to go pick him up from jail. Uh, in the meantime, the daughter's next door visiting a neighbor. Um, there's an older lady who 
doesn't really talk. She just kind of sits in the chair, and then all of a sudden, like, you see her face kind of contort a little bit in the background. Very, very creepy stuff. Um, fast forward at uh, in the night when Joel went to go pick up his brother, the dog from next door had ran Wait, over. What? Uh, no, we're forgetting that a very important detail that they laid out. So, um, what was that lady eating all day? Oh, she had made cookies. She had made well, cookies, which is going to be a, a well. And then earlier, the she had remember the old man tried to serve her. What well, was serving her biscuits? biscuits. Yeah, yep. and then he offered, and Joel said he's on a non. He was on the Atkins diet, which means no carbs, and uh, he forgot to bring home the cake. So he. Him and Sarah didn't have no carbs, no bread, no nothing like yeah, that. Yeah, because the daughter refused the cookies day. because I think I think they were oatmeal raisin, raisin and she didn't like the raisin. No, no, they were not oatmeal raisin. That's the thing; they were just raisin cookies. Who does raisin cookies? Exactly. <laughs> See, exactly. She said chocolate chips. She said no, raisins. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, she goes over to bring the dog back, and uh, basically the old lady has went crazy. She has killed the um, the husband and wife that were her caretakers, family. I don't even know what they were there. Uh, and they come after her at that point when she runs outside and she's about to, I don't know, eat it. Uh, Joel saves her. Joel and Tommy come and save her. Um, at this point, still. Everything is just, I don't know. Everything is just mayhem. Yeah, mayhem everywhere. They hop in the car. They go. A beautiful shot. That that's not even a word for it. It was amazing. Like you got, you saw an airplane literally fall out of the sky. Yo, yo but did you see where they planted that in the? First of all, as soon as they turned the camera back, you could see the airplane. Like, you could see it as soon as it lost control. And I remember first watching it. I was like, that airplane is, is weirdly, weirdly angled. And then, you know, they keep going a little bit. I was like, all right, that's, that's definitely getting closer. And then, and, and then it was, it came in and it, yeah, that was amazing. That, that back shot, what, I don't know what they call it, but in the camera, I mean, in the car, when it's in the back seat. Yeah, it was kind of like out. it was kind of like a it was really video game ish, like kind of like a first yeah. person kind of view type of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a house that was completely on fire, and apparently, a lot of these scenes they took shot by shot from the game. Um, mm-hmm. Now, just a little background: I've not played the game. Uh, you said you have, have a not. little bit. Oh, you haven't either. Okay, so this is I don't know much about the Last of Us, so me just watching this show and I just watched it basically because everybody's making a big deal out of it. So I was one of the reasons why it increased day over day. Um, Same. And man, that was that was such a cool shot. Um, they end up getting to the point where they had to get out of the car um, and make their way to where they had to go on foot, um, and. It ended up coming to a point where Joel and Sarah were met by a, well, still not Federer at this time, but just an arm, uh, a guy from the army. And he's like, you know, hey, yeah, you know, we need help. The guy gets a radio, basically just tells him that they had, they got to take them out. Well, so he's he like, listen. Informs, he informs them that, hey, I got two people here. Blah, 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 blah. And uh, yeah, then the guy was like, "Yeah, we ain't got no room for that murder them right now." Yeah, so he goes to shoot. Um, the daughter ends up taking a bullet. Um, Tommy saves, kind of, sort of them, but you know, of course, the daughter ends up getting hit, and she dies. So that was a very, very sad scene. I wasn't expecting that to happen. Um, yeah, just a little note about that is uh, she was played by Nico Parker. Uh, she had watched video, uh, videos of the game, like, years before getting the role. She said she wanted to stay away from the game version and provide her own interpretation of the character uh, because it has been noted that the 
Sarah from the video game to Sarah from the uh, TV show are two are different. Um, and the way Sarah dies, I think, is slightly different as well. Um, so, yeah. It's like they made it a bigger deal on the show than they did in the video games, from what I understand. Well, yeah, yeah, because, yeah. Yeah, in the, yeah, the video game, she just died. And then you fast forward to when he meets Ellie. That's about it. Yep, so we fast <laughs> We fast forward and we have uh, Pedro Pascal's character um, basically just doing work for money. Um, He's selling pills to one of the Federa um, officers. Uh, Narcos, Narcos, baby. (laughs) This is taking place in uh, Boston, actually, at a, a facility that is run by Federa. Um, and then the Federa is having problems with these, this group called the Fireflies that are basically a resistance group that is trying to, I guess you can say, free them, even though Federa is not really, they're not really the bad guys here, but they have Yes, a, they are. How? What do you mean, how? They're not, they're not bad. They're trying to contain the situation and protect everybody. Now, they they're extreme method. innocent people just... What are you talking no, they about? Didn't. What innocent? Okay, wait, wait. Okay, let I'm me let, let me let me back it up. Yeah, I'm confused. They okay. If if you look at it that way, like they Sarah. are doing, but they're doing things to try to protect the people. And the reason why I say this because we find out in episode three that they got all of these people from this city, but when they got to the quarantine location, the quarantine location was full, so they decided to kill them. So basically, they don't have to worry about them being affected later on. So yes, in that sense, they're bad people, but they're trying to protect the people that are in the quarantine. We get a scene where a little boy uh, makes his way to the facility. Fedra takes him in. Um, you know, they kind of secure him to you know uh, a chair and the wheelchair that he was in. Well, he didn't, well, he didn't come. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. They broke the man. What do you mean? He, well, I was, I'm saying he didn't come in the wheelchair. He, they put him in. They tied him down to the chair he, once he got there. The first time we saw him, man's was in the wheelchair. It's no, he, no, he wasn't. He walked. Remember, he walked to the place. Oh yeah, that's right. And then he passed out. And then yeah. they got him. They brought him in. So the lady was talking to him, and she was like, "You know, we're gonna get you some food. You know, this and this." They have a machine, and they scan the kid with the machine. And if memory serves me right, it showed us the red, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So we see that it's red. So the lady who's talking to the kid that's in front of him, she looks up at the guy that had, you know, I guess tested him or whatever. And then she looks back at the boy, and she says, you know, listen, we're going to get you some food, and then we're going to get you all the toys you want. Is that cool? And the kid's like, yes. And then they're like, okay, we're just going to give you some medicine first. And they uh, stick him with a needle. And then fast forward, you have. Uh, no, they killed him. Don't just say stick him with the needle. Well, the needle was to, dead. I'm getting to that. <laughs> so uh, we get Joel. He's working with a lady. The lady comes across the child's Joel. body. Uh, and. Um, She's like, oh, no, I don't want to do this. And Joel's like, here you go. And just throws the, the body in the pile where they're burning the bodies. <clears throat> so, yeah, sad scene. But I don't know. I mean, what else could they do? What do you mean? Chop off his arm, right? It was on the arm, right? I, last time I checked. They, but they haven't introduced that as a possibility in this world. That's that's a that's a. I don't know if you care about people. I don't know. First thing they do is cut your leg off, especially if you're a kid. Come on now. Well, you figure when this first started, it was 2003. Now it's 2023. So I'm assuming in those 20 years, they probably tried that and it didn't work. That'd be my guess. No, no, no. You can't. No, we can't just assume that. Why can't we assume that? It's 20 years. What? It's 20 years. You don't 20? think they tried everything? Okay, then they should have said that. They should have said, like, oh, I wish we 
can cut his arm off, but that won't affect it. But they don't, they don't say nothing like that. I guarantee you, they'll come out later in the show, they'll cut somebody's leg off, and they'll be walking around like Herschel. <laughs> well, yeah, that's how it is in the Walking Dead universe, apparently not in this one. Uh, we also see some signs that basically tell you, you know, if you're, you know, bit here versus bit here, you know, it's going to be a slower process for you to turn and stuff like that. So you kind of learn that they that they've tested some things and figured some things out along the way. Um, I think that was pretty much episode one. We meet uh, Marlene. Uh, Marlene is played by, her name is Merle Dandridge. Uh, she is also the voice of Merle from the, or Marlene from the video games. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, uh, that was pretty cool. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, we meet Bella Ramsey character of Game of Thrones fame. I don't know what else she's been in, but she's awesome in Game of Thrones. Um, uh, what was her name? Something Mormont. God, I can't remember. Her Ooh, name. Yeah. She's, she's one of the remember. lords of the north. So, and she's been playing that game. So we meet her. She is tied up. We don't know why she's tied up. They came in, they asked her some questions. Uh, she reluctantly answered some of the questions, flipped them off, talked back to them. Uh, and then uh, Marlene comes and busts her out and basically says, Hey, you know, you're important. So you need to know. Uh, and then when they try to get her out of there, uh, they run into Joel and Tess. And what we find out from Tess is Tess was double-crossed by someone she knew that was supposed to get her a battery. Uh, I, I wasn't clear on what they were supposed to be doing with said battery. Like, where were they going initially? Were they going uh, to get Tommy at that point? Yeah, their plan was to get a car battery, put it in the car, and go get Tommy. Okay, I wasn't sure if it was to get Tommy yet or not. Okay, so what we found out about the Tommy situation is Tommy has not been communicating back with them via radio. Uh, so they assume the worst, and they're trying to get out there to Wyoming where he is. So we get the battery double cross. Um, all of those group of people end up getting, this, basically, I don't say destroyed, but. They basically get killed by fireflies, technically, because they're the one that blew the building up. Mm -hmm. um, and so, anyway, they run into Marlene. Marlene's like, hey, I need you to get this kid to um, this other quarantine location or whatever that is ran by the fireflies. Um, he does it kind of a little reluctantly, and then they head off. Well, Tess really was the one that was like, all right, we'll do it. And he's like, well, all right, cool. And so at this point, yeah. you know it's something going on with Tess and, and Joel, but you kind of don't know what because it kind of seems brother sisterly, kind of seems boyfriend-girlfriendly. Brother like, and sisterly. You got that vibe. They weren't kissing or nothing, so that's why I say like. Yeah, but they was talking like an old married couple. Well, that's what I was saying. Like, you kind of couldn't. I, 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 to me, I couldn't interpret what their relationship was with each other. It wasn't until episode two, to me, where I feel I don't like know we got that. how you got brother and sister I wasn't vibes. Sure. I wasn't you, sure. you, you need to check your vibe calibrator because it may be off a little bit. Uh, then we get to episode two. Episode two starts off with another code open. Um, we find out that. Um, Basically, this whole thing started out in Indonesia. Uh, so you have a lady who's just having lunch. The government comes to where she's having lunch, and they say, hey, we need you to come with us. They take her to this facility. Um, they show her this, you know. Uh, she's a doctor. You just treat her like she's a normal lady. She's a doctor that studies in this and is the only one. That's why they went to her. Yeah, okay, she's a mycologist, yes. Um, and... She look. They show her a slide of a blood sample, and she makes an assumption about it. And they're like, "Ah, uh, no, absolutely not. That's not what's happening here." They take her to this body. She begins to inspect the body. She opens the mouth. She pulls out these tentacles. 
that reach for her. She drops it. She runs out of there. And uh, she is Thank God she got protection. Right. She was shook at this point. Um, There's something growing in that man's throat. And she's like, uh, the guy was like, you're the expert. What do we do here? And she says, bomb. Um, she asks, can she go see her family? And you assume that they take her to the family and then they bomb the place. They whoa, find whoa, out. Hold on. What? Okay. Yeah. Um, she did uh, ask some questions beforehand, though, about like where did this person come from? Apparently, there were 14 people that were bitten and several of them were missing. No, we don't have nobody said bitten yet. She just said like the infected. And he said, "Yeah." This, and then, uh, then he was like, "We've had several others employees call off too." And she was like, "Well, how many employees did you call?" Then he was like, uh, 14. Then she was like, "Yeah, you gotta bomb this place. This is it's over with now." Because it was just two people, you know. They could just be like, "Hey, you two, come in." kill y'all and then but you know boom but 14 people yeah. yeah 14 people and i think only seven were accounted for or seven were missing some for some reason seven is popping up in my mind um and we all find out that this started out at a flower factory so in flower and now being sent around the world great job uh, so, present day, Ellie explains to Joel and Tess that uh, she is being transported west in hopes of uh, being used to find a cure because we found out at the end of episode one that she is infected. Uh, however, she's been infected for a long period of time and has not turned. So, they basically want to get, I won't say get her body, but they basically want to get her there so they can you know, do tests and hopefully find a cure. Um. They end up at the state house uh, that is uh, swarmed with the infected. They go through the history museum where they are attacked by uh, the blind infected, which are known as clickers. In that process, we find out that Ellie is bitten. Uh, they arrive at the state house, but find that the fireflies that all they were supposed to transport her to are all dead. Test reveals what? Oh, apparently in the game. Uh, you fight them. That's what I heard. Like oh. you kill them, and I thought that was weird. Cause like, why would you do that? They want you know to transport. But um, I don't know. Maybe they turned evil. But anyways, yeah, they were already dead when you know the show got there. So, so at this point, we didn't we didn't know that Tess was bitten. But this at this point, she is re she reveals to everybody she was bitten. Um. At the same time that Ellie was. So she's like, look at this. Look at this. She's already starting to heal from her. And mine is. Mine is on fire. Uh, Joel shoots uh, an infected that was laying on the ground. And one thing that we learned is in certain areas, um, they can communicate through, I don't know, the mushrooms that are on the ground. So if they are messed with, it sends a signal to all the ones and they come. They know exactly where to come. So at this point, the building starts to get swarmed with um, all of these infected. Um, Tess convinces them to escape and uh, take Ellie and their allies to Lincoln, Massachusetts, where they, while she stays behind and we have this really, really creepy scene where she lets one of the infected put tentacles in her mouth through kissing uh, and then she blows up the entire building killing herself. Think about that fungus just wanted love and that fungus mind he was just giving her the, the D you know what I'm saying? She, he was just giving her the love, giving her the infection that she needs. That's nice. But yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it looked disgusting and um, I'm sorry, she did not need to wait that long. No, she should have just lit that thing uh, as soon as it, like, as soon as he started walking to her, she should just <laughs> drop the lighter, boom, all y'all die. I don't, I don't know why she needed that love. That was nasty. Right. 
Uh, then we get to episode three, and we find out that in Lincoln, Massachusetts, is where um, Joel and Tess had uh, some friends by the name of Bill and Frank. Uh, so we don't get much of them two in this episode, um, but Ellie sees evidence of the government's execution of innocence during the early days of the pandemic. Uh, back in 2007, Frank leaves Baltimore and stumbles upon Bill's compound. Uh, Bill is a paranoid survivalist who reluctantly takes him in. Uh, the men begin a romance, sharing their love of music and food. Years later, Frank contacts Tess by radio, and the two groups enter a friendship. In the present, Frank is terminally ill and asks Bill to assist him with suicide. Um, so they have this day where they get officially married to each other. They have a nice dinner, and then the plan was for uh, Bill to drink uh, the same wine. So they basically had the same meal no, that when they first Frank. met. Yeah, Frank. They had the same meal when they first met, and then Frank was supposed to drink the same wine that they had when they first met with um, a, basically enough pills to kill him. Uh, come to find out that Frank had taken the same amount of pills beforehand and revealed to... No, that's, that's not what, that's what, not what happened. What happened? He wanted, he wanted, Frank wanted Bill to put the pills in his drink and then Bill go, and yeah, and then Bill goes, he put it in the bottle. So they both have the, the poisonous drink. But yeah, okay, continue. I missed the point about them, him putting it in the bottle. How did you figure that out? I thought he just took, took the pills beforehand, before he poured. No, he put it, no, because, because Frank was like, aren't you going to put the pills in my drink? And he said, I don't remember exactly what he said, but he said something like, he was like, no need, they're in the bottle. Oh, and then he was I totally like, missed that. Oh, oh, so you, so you, yeah. And then that's when, you know, he went on, oh, that's, but that's romantic. You know, that, that spiel. Oh, I totally missed it. I thought he took it before he came out to serve the wine and was already like on his way out. Nah. Um, oh, so they took it together. So, they both drink the wine, and basically, long and short is they were just going to cuddle in bed and both basically pass away. Um, I really liked this episode. This was my favorite episode until episode uh, five happened, uh, <laughs> basically. Um, what I really liked about this episode is how it shows that all of Bill's life, Bill did not like people. Uh, he didn't want to be around people. He was survivalist. He hid when Federer came and took all the people from his town, uh, which was a good thing because they ended up killing all of them because there wasn't enough room in the quarantine zone where we find out. How, uh, how, many, how much room is in the quarantine zone? 15 people? Why did he kill so many people? I, I don't know. I don't know. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, 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 no, no, you're fine. Um, and then you get Ellie and Joel, you kind of get their relationship advancing a little bit where you have Joel's kind of protect, wanting to protect Ellie. Like, you know, I don't want to take you this way because you're going to see some things. She's like, no, nah, I'm good. And then she sees some things and like, wait a minute. Uh, wow, that's, I don't know. It was, it was definitely a daddy-daughter thing. Like, and you're kind of seeing that he's starting to like, I won't say like her, that sounds creepy. Starting to like really, really like you know warm care up about to her. her. Yeah, care about her. Um, so they finally arrive to Bill and Frank's. The letter is left for them, and it, it basically says to whoever finds this, but probably Joe. <laughs> and he has um, uh, Ellie read it. Ellie begins to read it. Um, basically, it just says that, you know, Bill knows that, you know, his point in life was to protect Frank. And, you know, if Frank's not there, he, what's the point of him being there? And he basically says that's the similarity between him and Joel, and Joel needs to protect Tess. But before oh. Ellie reads that part, she stops because she knows that's a sore spot. And uh, he takes the letter and then he, you know, reads the rest of it or whatever. Um, 
Bill left the things that they needed to make a battery, left them a car, uh, left them plenty of guns, uh, which Ellie wanted one, and Joel was like, nope, no, you don't get one, and she sneaks one in her bag anyway. <clears throat> so, uh, Anything you want to add about that episode, episode three? Um, that episode three was honestly a really good love story. Probably like the, probably, probably the best like episode about love ever. Uh, don't let them haters online tell you anything different. Cause that was, oh my goodness. Like the, how, how they're so opposite and Frank was so con- controlling literally everything. I mean, my man even made sure to hold open the window so it didn't stink in his house when they, you know, died. Like that is a planner to the death, literally. But uh yeah, yeah, that that episode was amazing. Definitely ten out of ten. Yeah, I, I, I think the fact that they went with, like, I mean, because apparently in the game, from what I understand in the game, you don't meet Frank at all. Frank has already killed himself at this point uh, in the game. Uh, so you just meet Bill, and then Bill kind of references Frank um, in the game. Uh, but, yeah, it was it was different because you don't see a lot of gay love stories. And then, two, you don't see a lot of... I don't want to say successful love stories. I mean, because I guess I'm going to say successful. successful. Well, I'm going to say successful because they ended it the way they wanted to end it. They ended it on their terms, so to speak. They weren't eaten by, you know, zombies or anything like that. No clicker found them. No other group came in and murdered them. You know, they made the decision like, hey, I'm, I'm finna die anyway. Life nature is about to take me let's do this together kind of situation I guess (laughs) I guess they did live a happy life yeah which is probably unheard of in in this in in a post apocalyptic world yeah so So, I guess it was a success Uh, and then a lot of people like you said got angry about it on the internet and uh, yep yeah, but we know why. It's because they just don't like gay people. Right. And I'm like, that's why can't we just like it? It's like it because it's a, it's a love story. Like, you ain't got to be like, oh, my God, I, I have to be gay now because I watched this gay relationship happen on TV. Like, Yeah, it's <laughs> real toxic. That's not how life works. Alrighty, so in episode four, we get them traveling through Missouri on their way to Wyoming. Uh, Joel and Eddie... Eddie, Ellie, take a necessary detour through uh, Kansas City where they are ambushed. Joe kills two of them, but the third ends up overpowering, almost kills him before Ellie saves him by shooting the man with Frank's pistol that she had took from the house. Um, The guy did not die at that point. Uh, He says, oh, you know, my mom's right up the street. We'll trade with you. We're good, you know. Uh, And then he said, my name is Brian. You know, because that's the first thing they they tell you to do, tell you your name, make you more human, you know, try to, try to, you know, try to get in their head like that. And that's when old boy took the gun. Yeah, he tells Ellie to go back, you know, go back you know, around the corner, and then next you know you hear the Pop knife plunging boy, through oh, the yeah, body. Right. And uh, that was the end of him. Uh, so basically when the rest of the group that that man was a part of come, they start looking, they assume that it's somebody by the name of Henry, who we have not met yet at this point. Uh, so we find out that the leader of this group of people, her name is Kathleen. Um, Kathleen is trying to find Henry. We don't know why, but we know that she's very, very angry at him. Uh, they find out that, you know, these are not Henry and his brother, Sam. We find out that these are another group of people. She assumes that Henry and Sam called them in there for help. So they're like, okay, we need to find everybody. They begin to go door to door, basically trying to find where they are. They end up coming to a room 
with the ground basically moving up and down like there's something living underneath. Uh, Kathleen, I'm oh, sorry. Because there is. Remember you. Well, yeah, but we don't know that at this point. Yes, we do. No, we don't. Yes, we do. We don't know. They what told. It is. They told us that. They told us that as soon as they went to Kansas City, he told Ellie. Who told Ellie? Joel, that they used to push the people on the ground. No. I don't think we got that to episode five, my friend. Because because uh, Henry is the one that tells him that. I guess. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But that, that's the way I, I thought it was. Because they knew too. Well, yeah, but they didn't tell us, the audience, kind of what was going on. So she's like, you know what? Let's conceal this, and we'll take care of this once we find Henry. Um, and then we get uh, Joel and Ellie. They basically went to this uh, high-rise. Uh, their goal was to be able to see what's going on in the city so they can plan the route out. Uh, they decided to stay there for the night. Um, Ellie is found a pun book and was basically telling these corny jokes the entire time. And uh, Joel was not having it. He was not laughing. What? She had that pun book. I thought she found it. No, no. I thought she no, found it at that gas station. No, because somebody gave her that pun book. Oh, okay. No, I thought she got no, it. From she had, we didn't see it until no. they got to the, the gas station. No. Yeah, yeah. But no, she had that pump. So, um, like I said, Joel has uh, not been laughing at these jokes, kind of getting annoyed by them. But as the episode went on, he started to kind of like smile at them. And then when they're laying down to go to sleep, um, she says, can I ask you a serious question? And he's like, what? He was like, did you know that diarrhea is hereditary? He said, what? He was like, yeah, it runs in your jeans. And we get the first laugh <laughs> from Joel. And uh, it was sweet. And then they go to sleep. And then next thing you know, you see Joel get woken up by Ellie yelling at him, Joe. And then we see that there are two, uh, I want to say gentlemen, one's a man and one's a little boy, um, holding them at gunpoint. And that's how episode four ends. Uh, anything you want to say about this? Uh, yes, I do like the small little details. It is absolutely brilliant. That's why it's better than uh, Walking Dead for me. It's because the fact they, they told us that he was death in his right ear. Correct. Um, and when Joel goes to sleep, he goes to sleep on that right ear. And he was like, you know, I'm put this glass out. So if anyone here, if anyone, you know, steps close to us, we can, you know, hear him. But when when Ellie yells to wake him up, he is laying on. He switched sides. He's laying on his left ear, which is his good ear. So his death ear is. I just I just love that detail. I, I just thought that, that was that was Chef's kiss. Brilliant stuff. Yeah, that was good stuff. But you know, at the same time too, I wonder if he would have heard them because when we actually see in episode five how they creeped in that room. I mean, if if he didn't hear the first step, he wouldn't have heard them at all. What? I definitely heard him crackle a little bit. Yeah, the, the first one was loud, but all the rest of them was really, really soft because of the way they maneuvered through the glass. At least in my opinion. But we found out, of course, that these two are Henry and Sam, which we speculated uh, that that's who those were. Um, we kind of find out their backstory of what happened. We also find out what happened in Kansas City with Federa. So this group of federal people were bad people. They were killing people for no reason. They were raping the women and stuff like that. And finally, the people got fed up with it, and they took the city over. Um, but before the city got taken over, we found out that Kathleen had a brother, and uh, the brother was leading the resistance at first. They caught him. Um, and killed him. And so Kathleen is holding Henry responsible for that. We come to find out that Henry was basically, I don't know, you want to call him a plant, snitch. Uh, 
but he was basically working for, well, he was an informant for Federa. And what ended up happening is Sam had leukemia, I believe it was. Yeah. And uh, to get the medicine that he needed, he had to give up Kathleen's brother. And so that's why Kathleen is so angry at him. Um, so after escaping through the tunnels, the group is attacked by a sniper. Uh, Joe kills him, but he was radioing with Kathleen, who arrives with her militia. As Kathleen prepares to kill Henry, a huge amount of affected emerge from uh, underground because Whoa. a... You just skipped over a lot, but okay, go ahead. We can go back first. Um, yeah, because you just want to get to here. I, I see how. You just want to get to this part, huh? Well, yeah, because this is the best part of the episode. <laughs> no, best part of that episode, when Joel heard on the radio, they were like, all right, we're, all right. They're like, Anthony, Anthony, don't worry. We're like one minute out. We're right here. And he was like, oh, one minute out. Looked out the window, saw that truck. He said, run. He said, what? 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 He said, and then he was like, run. And, and a, a freaking battering Bram truck. You didn't think that was cool? You just going to speed past that? Like that ain't just well, happened? Oh, I was just going to get into the part where the, the infected came through and how they came through. I was gonna, but, but they weren't the infected. No, the the truck that you're talking about fell into the ground because yes, it was loose, and that's how the infected came out. So I was I was I was gonna backtrack to that. Why are you backtracking to that? Who tells a story like that? No, yeah, no. I yeah, I am yeah. a Quentin Tarantino fan. Okay, I like to tell stories not in the linear aspect, sir. <laughs> Don't use him as an excuse, okay? Don't do that. Don't do and don't act like he doesn't do normal movies. Have you seen Django? But anyways, um, 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 uh, yeah, that that chase that chase scene should you you should put some respect on that chase scene name because that was fantastic. I was go scared. ahead, explain it to the people. No, yeah, they were just uh uh Kathleen told her people to to kill Henry at all costs, and there was a field, and they were far away, but there was a lot of cars, you know, in between, uh, and that bad ram just went through all them cars. Allie, Allie was trying to shoot behind her, pew, pew, pew. Uh, that wasn't really working, and then Joe was like, I got him. I got him. Bam! Sniper that driver right in the forehead, and then boom, he crashed into a building. A couple seconds later, Bam, truck lit on fire. Okay, there you go. Now you can talk about the infected. Dang. So, yes, the truck goes burrowing into a house. It explodes. Then when Kathleen is doing her, you know, villain monologue, we see the truck uh, in the background fall into the ground. Uh, and then all of a sudden you start hearing grumblings and growl, growling, uh, because she's about to kill Henry. Um, and all of a sudden, all this infected started running, and they're starting to kill everybody and gunfire everywhere. Uh, so uh, the kids. But, that was straight up Game of Thrones hard home right there. You remember that? Yeah. Right, like, that was exactly. Yeah, I guarantee was, you they used the same something. Yeah, it was, it was, it was insane. It was, it, was, it was definitely, like... He, like, My favorite I knew part it was of coming. Like I knew it was coming. Everyone knew it was coming, and it was still a little scary. Like, oh, okay. Well, even then, I didn't know it was coming then either. I thought maybe we'll get another episode or two or something, or I thought we'll go back to the city and it will happen. I didn't think it was going to happen outside of the city, but it, it caught me by surprise a little bit. Uh, so you get Ellie, Henry, and Sam. They're all trying to run to where Joel is. Um, they're of course being chased. Joel is trying to do what he can to protect them with his sniper rifle. Uh, um, um, not them, Ellie. Well, they're, well, they're all together, but yeah, Ellie. No, no, not at the beginning. Are you just gonna skip over the car part? I'm, I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it. But they weren't. So he's trying to <laughs> he's trying to snipe. 
they get separated, the boys go under a car, and the affected are trying to get them out of uh, from you know from under the car. Ellie goes into a car, an infected little girl contorts her way through the window, um, and then Ellie gets out, and Joe. Now, that's not the same one, is it? Or did I think because yeah, didn't... no, same one. Okay. So Ellie ends up getting out of the car. Uh, She's she, following Ellie the whole time. Okay. She gets um, Sam and Henry. They get to run in. They end up getting cut off by Kathleen. Uh, Kathleen's about to kill Henry. All of a sudden, the little infected girl that was about to take uh, Ellie out attacks Kathleen. and Call her Lil' Clay. She the Lil' Clay. Lil' Clicker. Mini Clicker. Baby mm-hmm. Clicker. Uh, so that's the end of Kathleen. Um, and then uh, I don't know if uh, it was right after that or right before that. We get this big, huge infected uh, that comes out of the ground. Yeah, and Kathleen's right hand man gets his Call head. Call him by his name. I don't remember what his name is. He bloater. He's a bloater. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. But I thought you were talking about Kathleen's right hand man. I can't think what his name Oh, is. no, no. Absolutely no. Oh, uh, Cool Easter egg. Did you know that he is Tommy in the game? The the right hand man, the guy that Yeah, I do remember him. I didn't remember exactly who he played yet, but I remember he played a, a character in there. Uh he gets his head ripped off, like in two pieces. Uh, mm-hmm. his head separated from his body by the bloater. Uh, uh honestly, I think he kind of stole a little Damon because it looked like he ripped the top part of his mouth. So it looked like he kept his tongue. Just saying. <laughs> uh, so that guy's no longer with us. Kathleen is no longer with us. Uh, they get to Joe. They run. Um, and then you just hear the screams of the uh, little militia as the infected are taking them out and having their way with them. Uh, the, they end up going to a oh. motel. Go ahead. Um, I- my bad. I did want to mention I really love how Kathleen said pretty much F those kids because uh, she was like, well, Ellie's with the guy that just killed Ryan and then Sam's with you. So, kids yeah, I can't die. let them go. Kids die all the time. Yeah, she said kids die all the time. Yo, that's team F those kids. That's team F. The- and then I love how a kid kills her. Like, that's that's poetry, baby. But, uh, yeah, uh, beautiful. Good uh, so they end up going to a motel, and um, they're all basically hanging out. And then the kids uh, are supposed to go to sleep, uh, but they don't go to sleep. They stay up and they talk. Um, one thing I want to mention is uh, Sam is deaf. I completely forgot to talk about that. Uh, so him and Henry's communicate through sign language. And actually, as they're going through this, they kind of teach Ellie a little sign language. Uh, she tries her best to do it. And there was a comic book that they were bonding over um, where the comic book, uh, one of the catchphrases were endure and survive. Um, and also Sam communicates by having this little, I don't Lord. know, I forgot what it's called, but you write on it and then you can lift it's it up and clears it again. And so Sam reveals that he has been bitten. Uh, he got bit on his ankle at the part where him and his brother were under the car trying to fight the infected from pulling them from under there. Ellie, you know, kind of, her kind of being in a protective role, she says, oh, well, my body is the cure. I can heal you. So she cuts her hand and she rubs the blood on his infected body part. And then he says, hey, can you stay up with me all night? She says, yes. She ends up falling asleep. She wakes up, and Sam is sitting with his back towards her um, on the edge of the bed. She goes over to see how he's doing, and he ends up being infected. Uh, he attacks her, and they spill into the living room or living room area of this motel where uh, Joel and Henry are, and... First, Joel tries to step in, and Henry kind of shoots at the ground to get him to stop. 
He doesn't know what to do. He ends up shooting Sam, and then he starts like, "What? What have I done? What have I done? What have I done?" And they're like, "Hey, you know, give me the gun." Joel's like, "Give me the gun. Give me the gun. Give me the gun." And he points the gun at himself and shoots himself in the head. Rip my heart out right there. That was, ah, that was that was hard. That was. I mean, when he jumped on her, I was like, oh man, it's over with. It's over with. And yeah, when it happened, it just sucked. And then when he said, "What did I do?" Because he, you know, he was talking about being protector with Joel, mm-hmm. and that's what they do. And he's like, come to a realization that he failed. And he's saying, like, what did I do? I thought I did everything right. That also broke my heart. So, uh, yeah, R.I.P. Henry and Sam. So, <laughs> Joel, Joel buries the two bodies. And Ellie is, at this point... I don't know. You can tell Ellie has changed. Well, because uh, she feels totally guilty, even though, like, honey boo boo. It's not how <laughs> she feels guilty. She feels like she she let him down. She feel like she yeah. failed at being a protector as well, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, well, I feel like everyone's told her that you're going to be the medicine. You're going to do this. You're going to do this. So she believed it. She believed that, you know. I'm here to change, you know, but that's not that's not how vaccines work. So, and then you could tell Joel knows that there's something different about Ellie too. So he kind of feels like her pain and kind of understands it. And I think he understands it because of the situation with Tess, the situation with Sarah, like you know, people in his life, and he's like, you know, this is the world we live in now. Um. Only thing I want to say about this episode that really kind of confused me is why Sam didn't attack Ellie earlier while she was asleep. Now, I did hear something they were saying it probably had something to do with the fact that he can't hear. So, because Ellie wasn't making any sound, that's why Sam didn't attack her because he wasn't aware nobody was in the room. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know if I buy that. I kind of do. Somebody was saying that could be quote unquote Sam being inside and him still trying to protect her, but that, that doesn't make any sense either. But Yeah, I, I can see the dilemma. I just thought that, you know, he, he just didn't hear her. And yeah. Yeah, oh my goodness. Could you imagine him being, he would be the world's worst clicker. Sorry, but. He would. This is another thing. This is probably not going to get me a lot of love on the uh, interwebs, but I am going to say this. Hate me if you want. This episode, the main failure was people don't communicate with each other. If Sam would have told everyone that night that he was bit, Henry will probably still be alive. Because he would have time to process that his brother, you know, was infected and, you know, can hug him and say goodbye to him and, you know, kind of go through that whole process. Instead of everything just happened, bam, 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 shot. Oh, my God, what did I do? Shoot myself. Like, it was just too much to happen at one time. And I felt like this is this is why, like, and we see this in, in, in horror movies, stuff like that all the time. Somebody's get bitten, and they don't tell anybody. And they'd be like, oh, I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm just going to hang around anybody. No, you got to communicate that. You know, if you got to take a bullet in the head afterwards or whatever, or if you got to walk off and do your own thing, like, how are you protecting the people around you by not communicating with you that you are about to be an, an infected person? Yeah, it's just selfish, all more, all motives. But, but I mean, you know, he's a kid. He was scared, and he didn't, you know, he didn't. He wanted to keep going, and maybe he believed that Ellie was medicine, like she said, and just decided to rub her blood on him. 
very cringy, but you know. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Like I get it, but it's nasty. All righty, we got uh, four more episodes left. The next one, which will be on February 19th, which seems so long from now, just because we got this episode a couple of days early because of the Super Bowl. Uh, but the next episode is going to be entitled Kin, and uh, that's going to be on February 19th. So we will be back shortly after that with that episode. But before we get out of here, is there anything you want to say about this? No, nope, it's a good show so far. All right, let the people know where they can find you on social media. Delands underscore D-A. You can catch me at Xavier Mustafa on Facebook and Twitter. You can catch this podcast at XM Cinema on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Make sure you hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this so you get every new episode when it drops. Uh, the next episode is going to be Ant-Man and the Wasp in Quantumania. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. Uh, and then after that, it would be the finale of the challenge. Rider dies. Uh, and, then, challenge. and then we'll be back with episode six of last of us. So until next time, make sure you guys take care of yourselves and each other. And may the force be with you. Because this is the way.